0: You know, that song is a now song. Um, You know, there are songs and songs. There are songs that, I don't know, sometimes songs just come from us and then there are songs that come from heaven. (laughs) You can just maybe take me out of the fallback here, Norman, I think it's a bit boomy. Um, And you can say, well, we're in Christ, so all songs come from Christ, but now, some songs really do come from the throne room, and that's a song from the throne room. It's like an anthem call. It's like, I don't know, I'll just express what it does for me. It's like, I want to run through a wall. That's what that song does. It stirs me so much and connects me with the love that I know that it's just, I just want to scream. And you probably heard me then, but I don't care, because I'm so in love. I don't care if I look like an idiot in front of anyone, because I'm so in love, and I know I'm a son, and I know what that has done for my life. I know how free I am. I know the gospel, because it's Jesus. And that's why I ain't ashamed of Jesus because he's come and set me free and continues to set me free. And so I can't shut up. They say, shut up. He speaks too much. You try turning the tap off. I've tried. You can't. You're not supposed to. You're supposed to be overflow. So it washes everybody. You turn the tap off, everyone's goes. I'm thirsty. See, this is the connection between God's people and God. We are to be living water to other people, not my water, His water in me, overflowing onto the dry land. The church is to be a resource and a source of life for the non-Christian world. Why? Because I know I'm a son. I know my Father. I'm coming to know my Father. And I know me because I know my Father. So that releases life. And I ain't going to contain it. Don't contain him. He wants out. He doesn't want to stay in. He wants out. Because he's not just for you. He's for those in your life. It's not just about me and God. It's about me, God, and you. It's about me, God, you, and the world for Jesus came to save the world, not Greg Simnor, the world. But if I don't know him, then I'm going to live for me. And my life will be small and contained in a flesh suit that was never designed for that. My life has been created to be released into the world, that the glory of God would reign in me. For Jesus said, I've Given you my glory, disciples. And at the glory of God, the same glory that manifested at Mount Transfiguration when Jesus said, I'll show you the kingdom. Boom, there it is, it's me. And Jesus is in me, so Jesus wants out, he wants the kingdom out. So the glorified state that I'm going to receive is the glorified state that he was at Mount Transfiguration. See, the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom is full of life and power. You are kings of light, sons of light. So we are to radiate light, the fullness of God. Unbelievable, isn't it? This is good news. This isn't good news to you. I don't know what good news would be to you. I really don't. I was talking with Maddie on the way in the car. I said, honey, do you know what we've been called and chosen for? And she doesn't. And I'm trying to encourage her to seek the Lord But see, Maddie's got a passion for spending time on computers. She's got a passion for doing the things that she wants to do. And at the moment, not really a passion for the Lord. And so dad has to encourage her and model something to her and pray for her and hope for her because dad can't give revelation. But dad can fulfill the role dad's called to do, which is disciple his child. And to speak of a reality that's better than her computer, to speak of a reality that's better than netball, to speak of a reality that's better than all the things that she's consumed with, because she hasn't yet come to the realization and the revelation of who she is and who the father is. But I'm hoping and I'm praying and I'm believing she will. And she will go beyond dad and will have more than dad. Because I know what dad has and it's enough. But I want more because I'm hungry. Are you hungry this morning for him? Do you hunger and thirst for righteousness? Do you hunger and thirst for the Lord Jesus Christ? It's a big question. God's been asking it since the beginning of time. He says many are called Greg, but only few are going to be chosen. See, there's this tension that comes with it all, to be unwrestled from you and to be found in him. But see, there's some massive choices that need to be made along the way for that to be your outcome, isn't there? Because, guys, our spirit's willing, but I don't know about you, but your flesh gets in the way, doesn't it? I really want to, I really want to, I really want to, I really want to, I just never found to get around to it. I really want to pray, I just don't seem to pray. Why? Because your spirit's willing, but your humanity is limited and bound up in you. And so you end up doing what you want to do and you say things, the things I want to do, I don't seem to be able to do, and the things I don't want to do, I seem to be found doing. Why? Because my spirit's willing, but my flesh, my human state, which I've been set free from, still has a hold of me because I don't know how free I am from it. Why? Because I don't to know the gospel that set Paul free, so I'm not ashamed of that anymore. I'm going to live for the gospel. And now I find myself able to live for the gospel because I know God and I know who he am, who I am. So the thing I want to do, I find myself doing. There's no longer a gap between I want to, I am. Man, I love him. Do you love him? He's better than anyone and everything a trillion times fold. He's so better than my wife. And yet I love my wife with the love of the father. But he he is so much better than Danny. And he him is he is so much better than me for her. He knows her better than I know her. He's so much better than my children. My children are beautiful girls, but they don't come close to him. My children can't set me free. They annoy you at times, don't they? (laughs) It's like, in the name of Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, we say children are a gift. They're a gift, all right. They're a gift to teach you what you're like with him. (laughs) Don't give a go at them. This is you, Simnor, with me. You don't think it is because you think you're all there yet, but you ain't. So I give you little people to show you our relationship. (laughs) And yet he loves me with this love that's patient. He's so patient with me. The years waiting for me while I tried to live out me to only discover the very first thing I needed was the thing that he came to from the beginning. He comes and he says, hello? And then I go on a journey trying to find love. He goes, hello? I am love? And I go, no, I've got to try and find love. So then I try and find it and people go, why aren't you loving me? Because he goes, hello? I am love. Yeah, no, 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 I've got to find love. So I look for love in all the wrong places like the song says, I only to discover the thing I needed was the thing right at the start. Fall in love. You don't go searching for love, you fall in love. He's so good. Man, what would you do for love? Would you lay your life down? That's what you're asked to do. You'll know them by their love, the way they love one another. Lay your life down for your brother and your sister. Are you able to do that? Because your flesh is able to do what your spirit wants to do. See how important identity is? See, if we're unable to do that, we don't yet know who we are. That's the truth. Because God calls you to be able to lay your life down. In fact, he commands you to. So, you know like the spiritual general word that I got? Well, he's super spiritual general. He's like, I'm a grunt compared to him. But he uses grunts. We're all grunts. (laughs) That's an empowering word. Terry, you're a grunt. (laughs) Greg, you're a grunt. Make some grunt noises. And the superintendent general says, my command is to love one another as I have loved you. And now I'm going to fill you with my power because my kingdom is not about words. You see, we can be a church about words and words sound good and words build us up and they puff us up to think we're in something. But once again, we somehow fail to be able to live out the commandment of heaven to love one another as Jesus loved us. So our spirit might be willing, but again, our flesh fails us. I'm going with this. This is not what I was going to be talking about. But it is what I'm talking about. Because he's speaking. Are you ready? That's good, I'm not. I don't know where we're going. You see, Peter's in the garden. And there's James and John. And Jesus asks them to pray. God asks you to pray you don't have to think about whether you're led to pray okay you're led to pray sometimes we're so fleshly well I need to think about pray about whether I'm called to pray no okay it's in the manual you're called to pray spirit led because Jesus said it and Jesus is the spirit yeah so We're all called to pray. So he says to Peter, James and I, hey, guys, I'm about to die. Just a little glitch. I'm going to my death. It's going to be the most violent death you've seen. And it's not like you just get your head chopped off and it's all over or someone shoots you. They're going to nail me to a cross. Before they do that, they're going to lash me 39 times and rip the flesh off my body so my flesh is going to be exposed. They're not even going to be able to recognize my face. This is how horrendous this is. And this is the purpose for the Father for me, that you would have life. Now, do you think you can pray for one hour, just one hour, and keep watch with me? Jesus invites them into his world. Jesus is inviting you and I into his world. He says, would you be a people that pray? Would you be a people about my kingdom? Would you be a people about the Father's business and get on your face and your knees and start praying? Because praying unlocks everything. Not your human strength, not your human effort, not your human abilities. Prayer unlocks everything. So will I find a people of prayer? For if I find a people of prayer and find people in repentance, then I'm going to heal people. But see, while the church remains not a church of prayer, nothing happens. So we can go through religious motions, traditions learnt by rote, not in reverence for God, for what God's showing us in the unseen realm. So he's there with his men going, can you pray? Simple command, but a powerful reality. Because I don't know about you, like the conversation with the Kaimari, the flesh is weak. So Jesus asked 3 times. He comes back. Guys, could you not pray for 1 hour and keep watch in my darkest hour? The Bible says he sweated blood that was like tears. This is our savior and he's doing it for you. 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 He went to this horrendous death for you. And he would do it again for you and I over and over and over and over. Why? That you would know who you are in him. That you would know who he is and the call on your life to be his and to be his people, to be priests, to be a kingdom, to be a nation, to be a family, to be sons, to be the bride however you want to word it, to be the people of God. But it ain't going to come if we're not a people of prayer. So he says to these guys, guys pray. He comes back, they've fallen asleep. He goes away. He comes back, they've fallen asleep. He goes away. He comes back, they've fallen asleep. Where are you in that picture? Because it's the same today as it was then. The same command 2,000 years ago is the same command today. It'll be the same command in another 2,000 years if he hasn't returned. But see, there's this issue with our flesh. You see, you can live from the flesh, but you can't beat your flesh. How does the Bible say you overcome the world, which is your flesh? I've been giving you the answer for the last seven weeks. It's one word, has five letters, by. So how's your faith? And how are you getting on at praying? Because if you're a people of faith, you'll be praying because they go hand in hand. So to not be able to pray, I would encourage you to start seeking the Lord because if we're not able to because of our flesh, because we're called to be a people of faith. Peter said, sorry, Paul said, I no longer live the life I live in the man suit. I live by faith in Jesus Christ. Not in myself, in Jesus Christ. <clears throat> so these men aren't a men of the spirit. They're a men of the flesh. Because they're a men of the flesh, what does Peter do in the garden? He chops Malchus' ear off. Why? Did Jesus say, I need you to defend me? What did Jesus give him the command to do? What isn't he able to do? What is he able to do? See, the man can't hear the word. Hey, that's good, eh? Hey? He chopped the guy's ear off and he couldn't hear the word. <laughs> <laughs> ear the word. That was a good joke. Pray for a sense of humor. Boom. So hold on a minute. Peter's in the garden. He get asked to pray. Can't do that. Three times. But man, he's pretty quick to get out the sword. He's pretty quick out to do and defend Jesus. And Jesus didn't need defending because Jesus didn't say defend me. In fact, the scriptures say, if I needed to, I could call upon the Father and he would call a legion of angels now to protect me from what's about to happen. But see, I'm not from your kingdom. Hey, Pilate, I'm not from your kingdom. If I was from your kingdom, my men would be trying to get me out of here. But see, I'm not from your world. I don't exist in your world. I've come to save your world. Then I come to call a people who want to save the world with me. Not that we can save the world, hear what I'm saying, but you want to live a life that people see Christ in you. Why? Because you know him and you know who you are because you're a son of God. So the same mission Jesus had is the mission you and I have because we are sons and sons of the same Father. Father. But you see, Peter, he can't hear the word, which means you can't hear the word, you're not receiving the word, you're not accepting the word, and the word's not doing a work in you. So once again, your spirit which you have is willing, but your flesh is unable to fulfill what the word says. You see, what was the word he was given in John? What did Jesus say to Peter in John? John? When Peter says, you can't come with me where I'm going. So you need to know your word. The word is food. If we're not eating food, we're not growing. Which means, again, spirit's going to be willing because the spirit's in you, but your flesh is weak to walk out what the word says to do. You see, Peter's more concerned with, where are you going where I can't go? He hears through the I all the time. He never hears through the Jesus. He hears through the I. Why can't I go with you? I don't quite like that. The Lord Jesus has just given him a commandment. Wouldn't you think you'd be interested in what the Lord Jesus was saying if he was Lord on earth speaking to you? Why aren't you asking this question? Love my brothers as you love us? wow, how's that going to happen? How does that become a reality? How does that happen? No, he's not interested in loving. He's interested in being a hero. He's interested in, no, no, I want to go where you're going because I don't like your plan right now. I want my plan because that is way, way more going to fill my flesh. Why? Because the man's spirit was willing, but his flesh is really, really weak. So he finds himself in the garden. And because he's a man of flesh, he lives like men of flesh. He's got plenty of passion, plenty of courage, plenty of boldness. He's the first one out the box with his sword. Why? Because he knows the flesh. It's, who he, it's, it's, it's not who he's called to be, but it's how he's living because he knows it. He eats from it. He's yet to come into the fullness of this word. He doesn't know who he is. He's acting as a slave. He's a son, called to be a son, but really he's still an orphan. That's why he can't understand God when God comes to him and says, I'm going to die. He says, no. Jesus says, get behind me, Satan, for you set your mind on the interest of you. Because you're a son, but you're really still an orphan. But you're called to be sons. But see, sons who know their sons are able to live out truth. They're able to be where the fathers asked them to be, but Peter couldn't, neither could James and John. They gave it all the big gusto, they said all the right things, but when it came to the pressure test, when the acid test went on, you put meat in a pressure cooker, don't you? For a period of time. So when the meat comes out the pressure cooker, it's beautiful. It's tender, sweet. It fills in the palate. Oh, this lamb or whatever it is, yum, goes into the belly, fills, gives life. This is all in the natural. This is what the word does. See, in the pressure test, God uses pressure test to get us to where we need to get to because he knows our flesh will keep us in bondage. But the first thing he gives Peter is the word, because he says, here's my body, here's my blood, drink of it so you can have life, before they enter into Gethsemane. But see, they can't hear the word, they miss the word, so they go into Gethsemane needing a mini pressure test. They fail the mini pressure test, which is to pray with me, because they're still in the flesh in the garden of Gethsemane. Does this sound familiar to our lives? So they missed the mini pressure test, now the real pressure test is coming. Now we're gonna see what's really truly in you because the heat's going on. Because you said one thing, now we're gonna see and test your faith to see the way you're gonna be able to live out what you profess. Isn't it and aren't you so grateful that the father loves you unconditionally? How many times have you professed the reality and failed? multiple times yes I'm going to start giving tomorrow and tomorrow never comes it's a good Garth Brooks song if you're into Garth Brooks have a listen tomorrow never comes when are we going to start praying oh next year when all the things get sorted out when are we going to start getting into his word Friday because I've got a bit of time Friday hits, but you never have the time because the time's got swallowed up with something else because you didn't make the call then and there. Anybody hearing me? Why? Because see, guys, our spirit's willing to do a lot of things, but our flesh gets in the way. So Peter is getting in the way of himself because he can't hear the word that would set him free because he's not yet spiritually attuned to the frequency of heaven. And so Jesus comes back, because he should have been in Galilee by now, shouldn't he? Instead of being fishing, he should have been ready to go, because Jesus said, I'm going ahead of you, wait for me there. He couldn't even hear that word. So he's missing all these words. He says, you're going to deny me. No, I won't. Can't hear the word. He says, you're going to deny me, but then you're going to be where I have been. So there's the prophecy of life. So it's prophecy, you're going to deny me. you he can't hear that, misses it. Then he misses the beautiful living word that says, you will go where I've been at a later point. He misses that one. Then Jesus says, I'm going to get risen again from the grave. They miss that one. And so Jesus is waiting going, where's the boys? Where's my boys? Well, they're all back fishing. Why? Because they didn't hear the word ears to hear. Jesus said, I pray that you had ears to hear, hear, hear the living word that would be received. So now you're able to be in Galilee, but no, they're not there. I am so thankful to God. He loves me. He's so patient with me. And he says, can you be that patient with other people? While in their stupor, they are eating rubbish, thinking it's life. They're getting fatter and fatter and fatter with themselves, thinking they're in something and they're not. Can you be patient with people, Greg? Like I was patient with you, Vera. Can you be as patient with people as I am, Vera, uh, Vera? As I am with you. Can you be this patient because your flesh isn't weak? Because you're eating of my word, and now you can. If you're believing for patience, don't pray for patience. Get love. Love is patient. We pray for the wrong stuff. Give me patience. No, no. Lord, reveal love. Love is patient. If you have love, you're patient. So here he is. He's there on his own. They're all back fishing. And he comes back, doesn't he? He makes them breakfast. Breakfast. Remember me? And then he calls them. Come on. Do you love me? He still wasn't getting it here. God is so patient because he knows just how weak our flesh is. But he wants transformation. He wants you to know who you are in him. He longs for it. That's why he died for it. That's why he rose again. That you would know that you are a son. And that you would live as a son, sons of light. No longer bound by fear, no longer bound by the flesh, no longer criminals and 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 wrapped up in bondage to flesh. Flesh is self, guys. There's only two gods, you or God. If you're God of your life, you'll have idols. And those idols will keep you in bondage. Idols as Sam talked about, can be kids, husbands, wives, money, anything that's in the way of your relationship with Jesus can be an idol because you're still sitting on the throne of your life. But Jesus came to get you off the throne of your life and for him to be seated on the throne of your life and to resurrect the whole order of things that you would no longer go, you know, what, my spirit's willing, but I just don't seem to be able to get some money out my pocket and start giving. But I've got a massive desire to happen, but I find that the money goes towards an Apple TV. It goes towards a brand new car. It sort of either can't get out of here, you I know, try and get it out of here and I wrestle with it and it's going to be one day I'm going to do it. And if it does manage to get out of the pocket, the fist stays like that. So then now it's got to be, someone's got to wrench it out of your hand. But you know, And by the time that fight's over, a year has gone by and I was like, oh, it's just too hard. And so you're still in the position you're in. Why? Because your spirit was willing. I'm going to get around to being in discipleship one day. When the children are old enough, when the house is paid off, when I get that and I get that and I get all everything in order, that's when I'll start going and putting myself in a proper environment that's going to change me. That day never, ever arrives It's a warning call. It never, ever, ever arrives. It's a nice thought. Your spirit's willing. But how many people know it never arrives? See, there has to be an active choice of one's will. Today's the day of salvation. Don't put off tomorrow what you can do right now. But see, we don't have the word and an ongoing feeding on the word then we won't be a people of faith because faith comes through the hearing of the, which is not a book with words on it. It's Jesus Christ himself and his words. Okay, the kingdom is not about words. The kingdom is about power. Have you received the power of God in your spirit that enables you to let go of you and literally the power of God, which comes through the word, propels you to be able to live? It's not hard being a follower of Jesus, guys. Not the way he sets it up. I'm not saying you won't have trials and tribulations, but in the trial and tribulations, it's still easy because his burdens aren't heavy. We can be in so much of Christ that we walk through a trial and tribulation in joy and peace. That is the goal. Okay? That's what you'd want to aim for in Christ. That when the pressure comes, how many people are living in pressure right now? It comes through a variety of ways. There was an earthquake recently, pressure upon the earth. Everyone starts to freak and panic. People are putting people's lives at risk because their business are at risk, aren't they? Oh, Let's still operate maybe while in the dodgy building because all the money's running out. Still got to pay people, but not getting any money in. Still got to pay rent. Maybe we're going to do some dodgy things. because Why? Because we're in bondage to money. See, when the pressure comes, what happens? Do you have enough of the word in you to overcome the pressure? Because we are called and chosen to, because Jesus is the example, and we're a son who's becoming a son. Or are we found taken out? overcome by the pressure we don't overcome the pressure i'm hoping you can hear how essential the word of the living god is because it births faith we've been talking about faith if you're not eating the word you won't be in faith so when pressure comes or even not even pressure you'll just have a nice desire to do something but once again we'll never be able to live it out who do we live for if we're not living for him ourselves. And you can fool yourself your whole life thinking you're living for God when in fact you're only ever living for you. See Isaiah twenty-nine thirteen says you honour me with your lips but your heart is a trillion miles away. And then it says this which I think is really essential. He says your reverence for me which means your awe your awakening of me is learnt by tradition, your reverence for me is in tradition, learnt by repetition or rote. So your awe, your reverence, your love is caught up in tradition and you've learnt that by rote. Put it this way, you grew up in a Christian home, this is what Christians do, we turn up we do this, we do this, we give, we pray, we do this, oh man, and I have to, not I get to. Why? Because your reverence is not from love, it's from tradition learned by rote. It's going through motions Christianity because that's what good Christians do, but that's not what Jesus came to do. We think if we live a morally correct life, we're good Christians. But Jesus didn't come to bring you a morally correct life. He came to change your whole being, that you would live wholeheartedly for Jesus Christ. And in that, you live morally correct. You see, if our reverence is in tradition learned by rote, we're in trouble. Because you'll be here week in, week out, and you can be faithful to that. But what you won't be is changing. And at some point, you can only live like that for so long where you go, this is a waste of time. This doesn't bring the life that I'm hearing about. No, because your reverence is in traditions. The Jewish people had created the Talmud, which is their version of truth. So when Jesus turned up, they were more into their Talmud than they were of Christ. That's why they couldn't recognize him. And that's what he's saying. You're in your Talmud. You've created your own version of me you don't necessarily know me because you have not heard my word. And so now you're eating something that keeps you going around the mountain, but never in life. But he said this to, Mo, uh, to Noah. He said, by faith Noah, Hebrews 11, 7, by faith Noah. What did Noah do? Out of God spoke to Noah about unseen things. How cool is this? Let's read it together. Being warned by God about things not yet seen. Isn't that cool? No, eye has seen, ear has heard, has not yet entered the heart of man, all that God has for you. So Noah's having a moment. He's having a Paul moment. He's having an Abraham moment. He's having a moment where God starts to show him unseen things and talks to him about unseen things. So when was the last time God started speaking to you about things Unseen. Because look what happens. Out of that, in reverence, prepared an ark. So the things that God was showing, which were unseen, that no one else could see, because Noah was close to God, in a relationship with God, and in a love relationship, and God longs to reveal his own heart and His purposes to those in love with him. And because he's there, the Father goes, right, I'm going to show you some things. And in reverence, in awe of what was seen in the unseen realm, He receives it and he started preparing an ark. Never been a boat built, never been an ark built. Imagine that, you start doing, what are you doing? You clown, what's that? Never seen rain, water, what are you doing, man? I believe it took him 120 years. Could you hang in that long? For what God's asked you for? 120 years, we can't last 12 seconds these days. Why? Spirit's willing, flesh is weak. If it we don't come in the Wheat Bix packet, I don't want it. If I can't order it, go around the corner within 30 seconds, and then we get mad, don't we, when it's been two minutes because they got the order wrong. Oh, unbelievable, man, unbelievable. It took them two minutes. I should be getting a free Mac for that one. How long did it used to take? So he's building 120, why? Because he sees things and in reverence, he starts building something that no one else has seen, an ark. Who's the modern day house? Who's the modern day ark? We are. God's building an ark called his people. Are you being built out of the reverence for which God is showing you? Which is in the unseen realm, because none of you and I can understand God without God. So God says, Come and spend time. Come and pray. But Lord, but Lord, but Lord. It's that big but that gets in the way again, isn't it? Can you just put, I'll keep putting that scripture up too. That'd be great. So is your life like an ark? For the salvation of your household? Are you becoming a representation of Jesus Christ, and are those in your family looking to you salvation of his household? No, I can't save my wife, and I can't save my kids, but I can be the ark, and I can become a representation because I'm a son, and as he was, I am to be, and I live like a son... And so my family gets saved because of what they see, because I'm a letter that's being read. Then it says this, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness, which is according to faith. It wasn't the sacrifice of Jesus Christ that cleansed the man righteous. It was his faith. It was what he was shown in the heavenly and the activation by faith in that work is what cleansed the man, made the man righteous. What does Hebrews 11, 2 say? All these people were approved by God because of their... Faith, because there was not a sacrifice for the offering of sin. There never really has been. Animal sacrifice could not cleanse mankind. Jesus had to come. It was a foreshadow of what was coming, but here's a man that is made right because of his faith, because of what he saw, because of his love for God. God revealed it. He then activates it because faith is an absolute conviction of what you know to be true. So he builds it in the face of all the opposition that's in front of him, and God says, that man's household is going to be saved because of the ark that he has built. And you and I are the modern day ark. For we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, I am a son of the living God, becoming a mature son who then lives as a son, no longer bound by my flesh, but my spirit and my body aligned. Why? Because the manifested presence of Jesus Christ is living in me, and that gives life to my mortal body, which is what Romans 8 says. If Vala was here, he'd go, boom, boom, (laughs) because that's what he does when we're over there preaching. When he thinks it's the Lord, he goes, boom, boom. And what I just said is so powerful, and I pray that the living word that just came out of my mouth would be grasped, would be grabbed, would be grappled with, and say, Father, put that in me. Because I don't want to be like Peter in the garden lobbing off ears. I want to be found in prayer. I want to be found in your word because the early church devoted themselves to what? Prayer, the bread, of, the breaking of the bread, fellowship, which is union with God, the Father, the Son, and the family of God, and his word. They devoted themselves so they were able then to live out what God was calling them to, and that's acts. You can't live as acts if you're not in the process of those people. You will try, but your flesh will trip you up. It'll be a great idea. We've got to live in one of those homes. You know how long that lasts if you're not in the reality of the axe people? Not long before old hairy legs humanity comes out. Oh, they didn't appreciate what I did. Oh, oh, oh. There's that ad on the tally, isn't there? For the Westpac ad where the guys are living together, the older guys, and someone nicks the last bit of the milk. That's what happens. Yeah, you nicked the last bit of the milk, Andre. We're going to give me some more milk. And you start devouring one another with your freedom. That's what Ephesians says. He says, I've given you all freedom. Do not devour your brother with your freedom because you're still living from flesh. But we can if we don't come into this fuller reality of the word of God going to work in us and producing the fruit of the spirit. I will eat you, devour you with my freedom. Because the freedom was free. You can receive freedom and still live from a flesh perspective, which means you devour everyone that's coming near you because you're still living for you. And when pressure test goes on, well, then you really see self manifested all over the place. I am a child of God. And everyone gets spewed on. Oh, but I am a child, from a child. No. Pressure test releases life. Love comes out when pressure comes on. Why? Because the manifested life of Christ, the Word of God, which is being formed in me, comes out. All the time, not in pressure, all the time, whenever the Spirit leads. Amen. See, the Bible talks about, 1 John two sixteen. it talks about the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. And it says, which none of them are from the Father. None. They are all from the kingdom of darkness. And then 1 John 5, 4 says, you overcome the world, which is the flesh, which is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. You overcome the world by faith. And faith is the absolute knowledge, the conviction of what you know to be true. Noah had an absolute conviction of what he saw in an unseen. It came into the scene. He then built it in the world that other people saw it. Other people got on board and were saved. Then the floods came and the world was knocked out. But his household was saved it's coming, isn't it? The same repetition is coming. He's coming. There's going to be a judgment on the world. You and I, by the grace of God, and that's maybe all it's going to be for some of us, will slip in at that judgment seat, as the Bible says, because we haven't lived the life we were called to live because we live for ourselves. And by his grace, which was covering us, thank you, and his mercy, we get in but we are called for more than that. We're not called just to get in. We are called to abound in love. We are called to abound in grace. We are called to, we're not even connected to the earth. We're walking like this in the kingdom, but we're on the earth. So please hear me. I'm not saying we are useless people. We are the most powerful people on the planet because the kingdom is not about words. The kingdom is about power and the power of God lives within me. And I strive according to the power that's at work in me, not my own physical strength or ability, because that will kill me. And so I'm called to walk on this higher plane, this upward call that others would see that arc, and my family would be an arc to my neighborhood, to you guys, and then you'd go, whoa, look at that arc. They are in something that no one else in my life is in, and I'm not even myself. This is the call of God on the church that we would not scrape in, that we would be confidently awaiting the return of our Lord and Savior because we know, we know, we know, we know without a shadow of a single doubt. I know because I know my Father and because I know my Father, I know who I'm called to be in my Father and because I'm a man of spirit and my body is being surrendered to the Lord Jesus, I'm living out, I don't mean I, I mean we, living out what we've been called to live out. So why would you want to just scrape along? Makes no sense, does it? Wouldn't it be criminal to get the end of your life and realize that you missed it? I don't mean your salvation, I mean an overcoming life on the earth. I mean, you could have experienced a joy that trumped physical emotion. You could have experienced a peace that guarded your heart and your mind. So when the loss of a loved one came out of the blue, peace stood up and you weren't taken out and you didn't quit because of the Christ in you. Just to experience his love is enough. Before any function, to know him is enough. But out of knowing him, you know what you do? Function. Not because you have to, because you're compelled to. Because the life in you is so full, I can't contain it. I'm not called to contain it. There's no lid on it. See, it says you overcome the flesh by faith to those who believe. Do you know what believing is? It's being fully convinced of what he says is true. And if you're fully convinced, it's a yes, Lord, and I walk it out. If you're not fully convinced, you're in that no man's land. You, oh, I, 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 I want to, but, 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 And if you stay there too long, oh, I can't. That's right, you can't. You can't. Or you do this. Oh. Now the Bible says it never leave you, never forsake you. He's in you. He's around you. That's why you got to walk with other people. So when you feel like freaking off and running away because fear comes, because well, no, fear's gone. Remember, fear's gone. So fear is a false. Was it false evidence appearing real? It's like the lion. He's like a lion. He ain't a lion. We make him bigger than what he is. Because it justifies where we're at. So we blame the lion. That's not a lion. Because it says he's like a lion. But the victory's won. There is no battle with the lion when you know who you are. What does it say? You open the seas for me. I just walk through them. Did Moses open the sea? No. What did they do? They just walked through the victory. There's so much we have to come into. We've believed so many lies that have paralyzed us and made us small. But God is the God of the big. And he raises up humble people and he elevates them. I was sharing yesterday morning about leadership. And I said, you know what qualifies us to be in leadership, Jesus' leadership team? our donkiness, our inability to do it. See, if you're so smooth and got it all together, he can't use you because you think you've already arrived. He can't teach you anything. It's actually the disciples' inability, and it was their flesh that got them in his team. The Father chose him, not because they were great, because they weren't great. See, in me, I'm not a great leader. But in Christ, I hope to be. But if I turn up to the party and thinking, i got this all together without you, Jesus. Nah. I won't be in his team. And yet that's what the world honors. I have to come knowing I ain't got it all together. But he doesn't want me to stay there. He's going to grow me and mold me so my spirit's willing and now my flesh, my body is able to do what he says. I am graced to live out the truth that's written in that book. There's no excuses now for me personally. No excuses. If there is, it's on me. Because you see, Greg, I've empowered you. I've given you. I've saved you, I'm resurrecting you, you're a new order. The only thing that will get in the way of you is you. But I've overcome you, the flesh, by dying, rising rising up again. So come to know me, my living person, my word. Don't search the words about me, search for me if you find me, you will have life and life of abundance. So yes, your spirit will be willing and your fleshly body will find itself living out. And you and the church will become the demonstration of me on the earth. Why? Because we're sons. Amen. That's enough. Thank you, Father. Lord, I um, I thank you that you love us so much. And I pray we'd know your love. I pray we would come to know it more. If we're here today and we've got no knowledge of it, I pray through what's been spoken, your gospel, that we would be moved to seek and moved to search that, if you're here today and you don't know them, you've been created for a relationship. You are not an accident. You're not and have not come from monkeys or slime or the theory of evolution. You have been created for a purpose to know the one who created you. For you didn't create yourself, you didn't dream yourself up, and you're not an accident and you have not evolved. You've been created, formed before you ever were to know the one who has created you and to experience love that would set you free from you. And so I pray if you've yet to discover him, for he is love that you will and you would today. I know how he's changed me from being that journey and I pray and I know he'll change you. And if you do know him to a measure, I pray your measure would enlarge. I pray that you would seek him with all you have for your measure of knowledge, your true knowledge, to increase. Because that will bring so much life within you and the power of God, the ability of God to live out what he's calling you to. And it will no longer be hard. It will no longer be a struggle. And you will naturally find yourself in the areas where you're tripping yourself up, being and doing those things. And I pray, Holy Spirit, you would reveal to every heart that's seeking and asking and knocking the concealed reality of yourself. I ask this in Jesus' name. Your name is so powerful. We're no longer, they probably should put those words, we're no longer slaves of fear. We are sons of the Most High God. And I pray the revelation of sonship will hit you like a freight train, it will spin you out and put you back on the track, and you'll live differently from today on. So, Lord, reveal your word through the power of your spirit that we may be and become more and more the demonstration, the manifold wisdom. For wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. And that we would reflect you as ambassadors of the kingdom of God, which you are the king. I ask, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.